0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everyone, welcome back, and this is our brand new segment. Ask the Neighbors. We did maybe sort of not fully clarify what that meant when we first told people to write in to ask questions of advice, because the series is called Ask the Neighbors because
1: we are neighbors, Becky and I. But I feel like people accidentally thought we were asking if they needed any advice on neighborhood drama or issues. Which I'm down for true, but I am not an HOA and I cannot solve all these problems. Yeah. We realized
0: we were getting a lot of questions about solving neighborhood drama, which we will touch on some of them,
1: but I don't know about zoning offenses.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. So essentially what we're hoping for is that people will just write in with their weird little questions, their family debates, their, we've done this before. Like we've done yeah. the polls before, but it's a little bit longer form or you can, confess something really wild and we get to unpack it with you and it's totally anonymous yeah. unless you
1: unless you're like please drop my handle I want a following off of my crazy story I want juicy stories yeah I want juicy stories and then so. actually as we go through all these is there there's going to be a post on the papaya podcast every time we put one these out right yeah yeah I want everyone else's opinions too so like follow along with us and then go to the post and write your opinion because I want to know it and I want you all to agree with me and not Sarah what I just we, want to be right.
0: <laughs> but sometimes this is going to be a peer discussion. Like, are, we, are you ready to just get into it? Because I got a really interesting one that I genuinely don't know what to say. Okay, let's go. All right. This woman writes in and says, I have a 16-year-old daughter who met a boy from Miami in an online game. They've never met in person. She feels she's in love with him. He is her best friend and she tells him everything. And most recently, she told me that they want to meet She wants me to approve of their relationship and frequently gets upset at me for expressing my concerns. So here's her list of concerns. This is grooming and he's a predator financially. We can't afford to travel to and from Miami. And my daughter is not working to afford it herself three. They've just never met in person. This means hiding from an in-person relationship this is not a first time a long-distance relationship has popped up and we're worried about the impact to her mental health staying in to game versus social outings with friends and peers I'd love to hear another perspective
1: on this okay I have immediate things that would change my answer depending on what her answer would be I would need to know has her daughter or her ever physically seen this other 16 year old yeah like are they facetiming that's the thing like before we would need to even think about the logistics of if you would agree to this or not catfishing right you would need like yeah video calls facetimes like some way to prove that He is also a 16 year old boy, boy, some 50 year old person in Miami.
0: I would be really realistic about the fact like, Hey, let's be real. We have to be smart about this. This is long distance. You live very far apart and you met online. So let's just make this a little bit more comfortable for everybody in play. Can we see your ID? Can we see you on Facetime? Can we meet a virtual way before we even have the discussion of meeting? Maybe there's a way that meeting can be done that is like very easy for everyone. But I think that we have to be realistic about the fact that, especially like she's 16. Yeah, she's, she's a little older. But well, but she's an older. That's not. She's not yeah, 12. She's yeah. 16. So a lot of like 16 year olds are going to meet people online. In fact, we kind of forced them into that for like several I,
1: years. I do know people. But this is different because they are 16. But I do know people who have met through gaming like and married. Yeah. Like it has happened. Mm -hmm. It can be a horror story, but it also has happened. Yeah, it's modern times. I just think
0: like it is not unfair to ask for some IDs, some more information, to have those conversations and be realistic about the fact that like we just financially can't swing a trip right now but like let's plan for that in the future like maybe you don't have to be so against it it just might be something that you can with these steps in place can maybe discuss on more however i don't know how i would feel if i found out my 16 year old had an online relationship <sighs> in one capacity i do think that having a like any type of social interaction whether it's online or offline is is valid in these days, like they are. I've met tons of my friends through meeting them yeah. online, and I've met them in real life. But I think it's like, yeah, there's just a lot more precautions I think that have to take place because I've watched Catfish. That show it shocks me to no end that people will spend years just trusting someone's life.
1: Word. Yeah, not and like you can't ever FaceTime. Like, what is that? Okay, I've already decided what I'm going to do. Okay, just through this working through. Okay. So here's what I would do. I think I've never been in this situation. I would say to my daughter, look, finances cannot work out a flight and trip to Miami, but here's what I'm willing to do. If you can show me that you are not pulling away from your real life friends. Mm -hmm. So if you can show me that you are not essentially pulling away from your real life to only talk to this boy virtually. If you can show me that you're living like a well-rounded life of seeing friends and gaming with this um, boy, then what I would be willing to do is say, I would be willing to host this boy in our place. Mm. Meaning if he would like to fly with a parent, I am absolutely willing to help them secure or even get them a hotel room yeah, so that they can stay. You can come and go out for dinner and just meet each other in real life. You might not, it might be awkward in real life. Who knows? But I would like to flip the onus back on this boy to come to her. Yeah. I'm a little concerned that he
0: wants her to come to Miami.
1: Yeah. I mean, Miami is a port town. So that's giving me red flags oh, immediately. Yeah. So I would flip it around and say, if he can come with a parent, they can fly here. I will help them get a hotel. I will even help pay for it. And then it kind of doesn't make you the bad guy. And it puts the expectation on him to be like, well, if this really is something, you can come and visit me here.
0: I think that this really does open a can of worms in terms of the much bigger conversation around gaming and social life though, too, like yeah. online relationships versus real ones, because yep. a lot of kids formed them over the pandemic and now are like, I remember being really worried, especially of like Bowdoin loves gaming. And I yes. was like, will he ever go back out into the real world? Yeah. And he did like, he yeah. loves basketball. Going to the park, he plays basketball. He's out all the time. Mm-hmm. And we also, on top of that, had to create limitations on his Wi-Fi. Like he has a Wi-Fi allowance time basically right. where he can use it and then it runs out. And so we are still like, they are not developed enough to be able to create proper boundaries for themselves. So until then you kind of have to do it for them, but a lot of kids don't have a secondary social life. So maybe it's as simple as like, if we like, you're right, like not pulling away from the home or other relationships or school. Like we need to see that you're flourishing outside of this. Yeah. Because the second, a second, especially girls do this, the second they're in a relationship with a partner, <laughs> it flies they're, out the window. We all did it. Yeah, we all did I've it. done it.
1: It just is what it is. And if people disagree too, I just want to point out that I'm always coming from a place of what's the like least damage. Like the yeah. last thing I want is for my daughter to think we're star, like star crossed lovers. Our parents are against us. I'm going to come to you in Miami. I'll find a way. Yeah. I don't want that. So I think for me, it's the least damage and the most control. I want to control it as much as I can, but I'm also not going to be like, oh yeah, let's go to Miami. Yeah. Like that's not going to work for me.
0: No, I love that. And I think this is also a great opportunity to say that we're not always going to have the right answer. And sometimes we're just going to talk it out.
1: Yeah. And that's why you need to go to the post on the Papaya Podcast because I do need to hear people's. This is a juicy one too. <gasps> You've got one. No, the one you just said oh, was juicy. That was so a many juicy things one. could go wrong. Yeah, that one. Apologies was- to that mother because she must be going through it because no I bet you way. every single day at dinner her daughter is just not talking to her because she wants to go to Miami to be with her one true love.
0: Oh my god.
1: I know. That would be hard. I can't even imagine. Okay. Okay, I have one that someone sent in. And it is talking about discrepancy in sex drives in partners. This happens so much. And so in this case, it's a woman and a man. They've been married for 10 years. So she says, my sex drive is higher than my husband's, Mm -hmm. which is sometimes not what people would expect in this situation. So common though. And so I asked her a bunch of questions like, what about masturbation? Like, do your kinks align? And so she says, I'm all for masturbation, but it's more that one of us sees it as like a primal need. And the other one looks at it as more of like a wine and dine situation. Okay. So we are planning on talking to a sex therapist, but it doesn't seem like something that I feel like a lot of women would relate to. It's usually the opposite. We have no fear of cheating or anything else if we don't figure out this problem immediately. And it's always been this way, but all the other aspects of our relationship are awesome. We're great friends. We laugh a lot. We respect each other. And she says, it feels like a really humbling conversation to have with your partner because it affects both of our confidence. Mm -hmm. So her question is, how should she move forward with this? And do we have any advice?
0: Okay. So first off, when I've had like in the past, different like questions come up about, Sex in relationships, mm-hmm. then I would say the number one question is what do you do if you have a stronger sex drive than the man? Because every, yeah, we were grown up, we were raised on the idea that men think about sex every six seconds. Yes. So if they're thinking about sex every six seconds and they're not having it with us what the hell's going on? They must be not happy with us. They must be not satisfied. And then you dig a little deeper and you find out that like men's sex drive actually shifts over time. They actually sometimes are just overwhelmed. The idea of having to take care of another person on top of whatever they've gone through in a day. There's so many more layers and it has very, very, very little to do with us or our bodies or anything like that.
1: Because I think as a partner, that's what you do. You immediately internalize it it as you don't want me. You don't find me attractive. That's why you don't want sex as much as I do.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember, um, well, one thing first I went through, obviously the pregnancy with Lemmy where I wasn't able to have sex Mm -hmm. and we could do other things, but it was frustrating because I wasn't allowed to do much at all. And so we kind of took sex off the table, even fooling around. And it was a very eye-opening experience. Now I can't imagine if my husband made me feel like he was unattractive or made like added to the layers of what I was already going through. Which to be fair, this
1: this husband is not doing. He's not doing, but no, I know it does this happen. Is, this
0: does happen, yeah. right? It's like there's a there's like a friction that happens when sex isn't happening at the cadence that one person wants and the other person desires. But I also think that getting out of these ruts, the one thing I have always really respected is Vanessa and Xander's work. If you follow them on Marin on uh Instagram or TikTok, they give a lot of like really tangible sex advice. And the one thing I remember her saying, which I took away greatly, which is scheduled sex.
1: Like mm, actually scheduling yeah.
0: it and, and understanding that that can bring expectation, it can bring understanding, it can bring agreement, and it also can bring the fun of planning ahead. You can be like, you're the one that's scheduling it, you're on tonight. Yeah. I mean, like, you're on top, you're you get to set the tone, you get to do the wine and dine. It's a like bit. a well
1: scheduled seduction.
0: And so the then you're no longer laying in bed at night being like, is he going to? Is mm. he going you know to, it eliminates a lot of that? And they also were the reasons that we started having sex before a date because then we could eat whatever we want at dinner.
1: Oh, I did hear this podcast because I started doing that too. Yes, Any anniversary best. before we go out for dinner. You have sex first. It's happening because I'm not gonna have a stomach full of carbonara. Yeah and then be like let's go you're in a carbonara era oh you you don't stop talking about it (laughs) that is true i talk about it often your carbonara era i really love it (laughs) it's my carbonara yes okay
0: no but i i really really recommend just like taking your how yeah it's This is a weird thing that Shane said to me once when we were going through it and I wasn't able to have sex that he was like, you aren't responsible for me. But I also very much believe that sex is a huge part of relationships and intimacy can be so special and it's going to ebb and flow. And we need to learn the tools to walk ourselves through that parts of relationships because it's oftentimes that women don't have a sex drive. And I don't think
1: anybody wants to feel forced into anything No, because
0: then you really feel
1: Well, because there are things that come into play too, like people could be asexual, like there's so many different things like that, but I do feel like as little or as much sex as you're having, as long as you're both okay with that amount, then that's a successful sexual relationship. Like if you only have sex like once every six months, but you're both okay with that and you both feel fulfilled, yeah, that's not a problem and you don't need to compare yourself to everyone else, but I feel for her in that... Her sex drive is way higher than his. Yeah. But I do think tangible advice, what you said about scheduling, was so smart because it does take away the idea of rejection.
0: Our big problem, it's not even a problem anymore, but what I felt was a problem for a long time was that we would have instigation standoffs. We both wanted the other person to instigate sex because we both wanted to be the one pursued. Mm -hmm. And so then we would just lie there frustrated (laughs) because we (laughs) thought the other one was going to do it. Yeah, And like... It is still in my head to this day, weird for the girl to initiate. And once I've learned that it's to not, let go of that, to let go of it, yeah, and to be like, this is what we both want. And if it helps that I initiate, then I'm going to initiate, and then. I find when I do that, then he tends to pick it up the next time. And like, I don't know. It's just, I just think that it's nice when initiation happens both ways. But I also found that scheduling sex is a very great way to get through it until then. And that way you can have open conversation and it doesn't, it's not a commitment. You're not in contract. It can be like day of, like, I actually don't feel like I can today. And that can still be the conversation. But if expectations are maybe on the table, maybe that's how you get over the hump of I have a stronger sex
1: drive and I don't know what to do about it. I feel like too, sometimes people think sex drive and just think it starts at in the moment, like a minute before sex. Okay. planned go. I think sometimes, especially if you're scheduling seduction and things like that, like romancing your partner in the way they like to be romanced. Yeah. Often and throughout the day and not just when you're trying to have sex is such yeah. a huge thing too. Like, I sometimes think that love languages are a little bit corny because like, it's so hard to sp- specify like one thing that is your love language. But if you know that acts of service is something that is really important to your partner, doing those things, taking out the trash, doing yeah, all that kind of like stuff. You're talking like,
0: blowjobs. You went, you know, you're talking trash. I'm like acts of service. We're just going straight to blowies. <laughs> no, you meant trash.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. But no, just that can be an act doing things that romance your partner throughout the week not just when you are wanting sex that show you value them I feel like that would help too totally yeah you got to play into
0: like all aspects and have fun with it like send them cute little messages during the week like yeah build up to it in different ways and but also just remember it's likely not about you he's probably just stressed out well
1: and I think the point that she said where she said we're gonna talk to a sex therapist that's Mm -hmm. so amazing because it's so oh yeah sometimes there's a stigma and it can feel embarrassing to go but if it actually is like a very significant difference in sex drive i think that they're seeking help is so amazing
0: do you also feel like
1: there's been this weird projection of like how much sex everybody's having yeah when i was growing up it was like if you are having less than three days a week it's like bad
0: yeah, like where that, that was, come? Oh, I from? don't know
1: where that came from. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I think as long as you're know, both happy. Yeah,
0: I know some couples who do it every day is a little quickie, and I know other couples who have like a grand performance once a month. Yeah, and that's that. And it's whatever makes you happy as a couple. There's yeah. no right or wrong way to compare do it. To each other exactly.
1: Okay. Okay, so those are our two kind of big ones, and then people sent in topics that Ooh. they kind of want us to talk about. All right. Okay. So one of them is. The embarrassment over losing your job or getting fired.
0: Oh my God. This
1: woman specifically was fired um, wrongfully, oh man. but she feels extremely embarrassed. Yeah. And like, how do you get over losing a job? What do you do right after you've been let go? How do you rebuild your confidence and how do you get back out there?
0: I mean, I think it's like anything. Embarrassment is a natural part of life. And yeah. I think we quickly have to decide... Like I, this is very, very minimizing losing your entire job. But I think about it, like have you ever tripped and like a lot of people tripped? Yeah. I fucking tripped. And there's a ton of people around you Yeah, and you like are, I could either just completely make like, just feel so consumed by embarrassment, which just echoes to everybody else. Or I could have this moment of laugh it off and tell it as a funny story later I tripped in front of all these people. I used to be the kind of person that when I was embarrassed, I would just spiral. Like I would just, I would spiral about it over and over and over. It would like consume my thoughts. And the more I've leaned into like, okay, this is just a story that I'm going to tell. This is just a thing that happened. This is a redirection. This is a little scuff on the knee. Let's have a little laugh and let's go. I don't know. Like I haven't really been in that situation. I've been in situations where like, I, yeah, like not necessarily lose my job, but maybe lost the position somewhere or didn't get that promotion that I thought I was going to have. Mm-hmm. I've had instances or even just like not getting a job that I really thought I did. And I told everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's mm-hmm. embarrassing moments of life, yeah. but they're not defining you and they're not defining I don't know. I think you kind of have to take control of the narrative for yourself. Like this is a really unfortunate. I got let go. I feel like it's wrongfully. And this is now a part of my story.
1: I'm a little bit, em- I find it embarrassing, but this is a redirection. I will add to, if you actually feel like it was egregiously wrong, you can always look into yeah. legal things. If you think it was actually yeah. like very egregiously wrong, but I would just add this always, I always like to say like, Your work is not your family. Your work, especially if you work for a big corporation, they are not there for you. It's not family. They Mm -hmm. don't care for you. Like, I'm sorry, but if you died, they would just replace you. So you do need to be a little cold hearted about your career, which can be very, very hard when you form connections with the people you work with. But I talked to someone um, who she works at admissions at a university and she helps people with their careers. And more and more, they're talking about how before you retire, you likely will have gone through five to seven career changes in your life. Not even just jobs, like getting fired at a job, going to the same, like a different job, but in the same career, five to seven career changes, which is huge. So this might be an opportunity for you to reevaluate what you want to do. Think about what works for you as an employer, what you need in an employer, and keep it moving with that.
0: I also read once, and I don't know if I'm misquoting this, but I read that it, the best way to grow your salary over time in your career is to change your career or yeah. change your
1: job every two years. Keep hopping because you have to hop around. You will not get raises enough yeah. that go up with You're what they're hiring get, the new yeah. people at.
0: Yeah, 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 and that's so. hard to
1: do too when you have a like a boss you really love. We're or going to something say like silver that. Silver
0: lining the hell out of her losing her job. She's got. Yeah. She might have a great story and um, maybe a really awesome kickoff career somewhere else and a better salary.
1: And whoever wrote that in, feel free to DM us when you find yeah. when you find your yeah. new career or your new job because we want to know.
0: Sometimes the closed door is an open. Window. Okay, no,
1: <laughs> nope, <laughs> no. I tried. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to do one more like medium-ish one? Okay, medium. Are we
0: gauging these things on how spicy and how drama? No
1: spicy, okay. just like how long I think it'll take oh, us to okay, talk about them. it. okay, gotcha. Let's do a medium. Okay, nice. so this one, someone really wanted to know because she saw um, like a sign kind of from her mom that passed away. Oh, and yeah. she said, do you believe in signs from loved ones who have passed away? And I feel like I will go first because I am like the atheist yeah. of the bunch. Um, no, I don't believe in signs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't talk about it cause I don't talk about a lot of like public things, um, so much, but my dad died in October. And for me, once someone is gone, they're gone, but mm. I am okay with that personally. Yeah. And I also would never ever want to negate someone getting a sign from their loved ones. Yeah. So it's almost like for me personally, As an atheist and as someone who has a very logical mind, I do believe no. But I fully support people who get signs from their loved ones because I would never take away from someone else's experience. And I know you probably feel a little differently. Yeah, of course I do.
0: I feel, and I didn't always because I think that I had a very rigid idea of what I thought was the spiritual world or our world. And then my grandmother passed Mm -hmm. and I would find signs of her everywhere. And some that are just like undeniably so. So the most recent one, as many of you know, when I got married, my grandmother had passed and a dragonfly landed on my dress only during family photos. Now we can just chalk that up to coincidence. Absolutely. However, dragonflies do signify somebody who is maybe visiting you Yeah, and and the dragonfly stayed on my dress only for family photos and then was gone. So That's the first one. Second, she also told me what the birth order of my children would be. So when I got pregnant with Lemmy, she immediately started coming in my dreams, laughing her head off, being like, I told you. And I immediately knew it was going to be a girl. I did the blood test, found out it was a girl. We did our photos announcing the pregnancy. And no matter where I was in the photos, there was an orange and red orb following my stomach in mm-hmm. these photos. You can go and see them. I talked about it a few years ago and that was like the second, like woo woo. And Brini's a little bit more woo woo than I am. So she yeah. was like, these orbs mean this, they mean like a matrix and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I just find it really interesting. Yeah. Then because I really miss my grandma and I was like, I want to get So we named her, her middle name is Lynn after like a lot, a lot of the women in our family is Lynn, but we, um, I went and got the dragonfly tattoo, uh, just recently. And I decided to also have script of her, um, a card that she had written Yeah, and on the card it said. Proud of you, love always, Gigi. And I was like, what part of this do I want to do? The proud of you, the love the always, or the Gigi? Like, yeah. what of what part of this do I want to do? So I decided to do love always, because I just thought that that could apply to everything. Yeah. I get the love always. I walk out. I run into somebody that I haven't seen in a while. And she comes up to me. She's like, can I hug you? And I was like, okay. She's got no idea what's, what I've just done. Yeah. And she comes up and embraces me. And she said, I just wanted to, I just felt like I really needed to tell you, I'm so proud of you. And I was like like the
1: other line that you did was the other
0: line that I didn't get. And I was like, what the hell? It's like so weird. So for me, I'm like, I don't care if it's real or not. If it makes me feel her, if it makes me feel like I'll be honest without crying, like before yeah. I couldn't cope, like I couldn't cope with the idea that she wasn't here anymore. Yeah. So I don't know if it's my way of coping or if it's her surrounding me to show me that she is here. But that almost it doesn't matter it because doesn't, it's right, personal it to you. Matter. And I think I so agree with you in the fact that like I could sit here and tell you all the ways that my grandmother has visited me and you would just acknowledge me and validate me without yeah. being like, I don't believe in that.
1: Yeah. You also don't believe... We've already done the aliens versus ghosts. Well, I don't believe in ghosts. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I truly like... Well, I believe in aliens because that's just silly to think there's I nothing think there's else out there. a caterpillar. An alien caterpillar?
0: I just think there's a micro... There's definitely life there's out something.
1: there. We there's would life. be so egotistical if we're like we are the pathetic. only planet that figured it yeah. out.
0: I also weirdly like to I I get afraid a lot that I will die before and my children will be left with not having me. And I like to know I like to have the idea that I could at least remind them that they're not alone, that mm-hmm. I'm still here in in their world. Yeah.
1: If I could do it, I would. Yeah. They and would And I know. think it's just what you need and what comforts you because yeah, like I truly the idea of death, the idea of there being nothing that I don't know that doesn't bother me and you know that but it's okay if you believe something different from me
0: and when Lemmy was born I've never seen her again like I've never had her in a dream I've never had no ever since Lemmy was born and I'm not I don't think that Lemmy is her I just think that she yeah yeah, yeah. no 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 final thing
1: no no No. yeah yeah that's really interesting yeah I've never had a dream of her again Mm. it was a big goodbye okay do you want to do another medium one or just do a couple little ones I want to do a couple little ones okay flipping page not good for the audio okay what 90s cartoon character would win in a fight versus oh, the hulk
0: i thought you were gonna say which one would we smash or pass
1: oh we can do that one next <laughs> wait what 90s cartoon character would win a fight versus the hulk i think i have my answer okay. i i truly think it's shira
0: you're just gonna hate my Princess
1: of power why
0: because i wasn't allowed to watch a lot of tv we were only allowed to watch cartoons on saturday morning so i only watched animaniacs i never watched New- disney- you can't put I never the watched animaniacs up against the hole i never watch i never or maybe you watched, could i literally watched disney movies and saturday morning cartoons that were like bugs bunny i didn't i wasn't even allowed to watch the symptoms until i was 13 I'm thinking maybe... My mom maybe, was really worried that no,
1: everything was going to... Maybe the Animaniacs or they're very smart. would annoy the Hulk so much with their hijinks that he just Listen, gives in.
0: It's the only option I have. You know who I think could go against him? What is it? So um, do these cartoons count if they're Disney movies?
1: Okay, yeah. I think the Beast could take them on. The Beast? I do. I disagree got with Klaus. that. He's got well, claws. So does a cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is where I think my toxic trait of always needing to be right comes in because <laughs> I really don't think the beast could please comment in the post. Could the
0: beast beat the Hulk?
1: And please back me up here that the beast could not beat the Hulk. I would rather have the Animaniacs go at him. He did almost die
0: on by Gaston's hands.
1: So Yeah, it was like a little arrow and he goes careening off the ledge. Ugh, fired up about this. Okay. People wanted to know, oh, do you want to do who you would smash for a cartoon?
0: Well, I don't even have one. Because you don't it watch be, them. You can't, it be, it can't beast, be Bugs it Bunny. Be
1: before he transforms, though. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Look who I
0: married. <laughs> like, I just did everything <laughs> adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's weirdly not body hairy. Oh, okay. He doesn't. He doesn't even have a hair on his back. He's Actually, smooth. yeah. Surprisingly no back hair. Perfect, perfect beard. Yeah. And the hair just... He's got a little bit of chest hair, which I love. Yeah. And that's it.
1: No, a waxing would never have to happen to his back. Um, Someone said, do you have go-to settler of Catan strategy? Yeah, I do the same thing every time. And
0: I sadly... So in Settlers of Catan, for like a brief little thing, you have have to get to 10 points and you do that by building little houses and that can turn into cities, longest road, you can get victory points. I do the exact same thing every single time, which is I put my settlements between a wheat and an ore, because wheat and ore build cities. So and they I become like so important later in the game. I like to city up very quickly. Yeah, you always do. And I like to also be on a port. So I usually will go for a wheat or ore port, and I will build up as fast I can so that every single time... My city gets those two cards. I have any resource I want. And then I like to go for longest road against Scott. Mm-hmm. We both always go for longest road.
1: My strategy generally is always the same. And for the record, I am the one who loses the most. You do. In this game. I, I always, I the always most. start off very strong. I build a couple houses. They're not called houses. They're called settlements. I build a couple settlements. I look like I'm doing well. I get to about four or five points. Yeah, and then I have tired. a mid-game meltdown yeah, you where I notice that Scott or Sarah has the longest road when I see that Shane is doing sneaky things with development cards. And then I just go full-on vindictive mode. And then I just start trying to make Shane lose. Yeah. And it is not a good strategy because I therefore never win. But something in my head says, Shane cannot win. He wins too much. You just have to start targeting Shane. And then I fully lose track of any kind of plan that I have. I don't focus on myself. I become this evil Catan woman. I'm like Ursula coming out of the sea just trying to get Shane. So please don't take any advice that I give you. Listen to Sarah.
0: Um, also, we um, we need to be listening to Shane. I don't know how he wins so. If there was a competitive league for Catan, I genuinely think he would
1: be do in well. the top tier. This is He's too niche, niche to, to do, but we should do. We won't because it's too niche, but like a, a sit Catan. We should go Or just live a, on a sit down game. with Scott and Shane and discuss strategy, best way to win, but no one's going to care about we that. We should play a game. Go
0: live and let them talk out why they're doing
1: their moves, but that's going to make it very open. But I would like to go live because then people could give me strategies that's and true. I would like to be helped.
0: I do find that Shane always goes for
1: development odds, cards,
0: development cards yeah. and odds of roles instead of going for like, he's very much of like, don't try and get individual resources to yep. get as many as possible and as many different numbers. He doesn't want to be on two eights. He wants to be on a six, an eight, a five, a yep. four. He wants all of the numbers and he wants all of the resources so that he never relies on anybody else and every role he picks up. Mm, yeah. That's him. And that's it, true. It, it works out for him a lot Which where is I'm annoying. like, I just
1: want two cards of everything
0: <laughs> of, of two things.
1: Yeah. But you also do I get
0: close to to winning. I almost, in the last few times we played, I am one hand away from winning. And and then Scott or Shane has like 45 cards and he's like, I have won the game. And on the board, he'll have like five points. Yeah. I'll see it coming.
1: And he always lies. Shane is always. a liar, just so everyone knows. He always goes, oh, there's no way I can win this. I can already tell. And then 30 minutes later, guess what happens?
0: I actually don't think he's lying. I think he's actually like- No, like he's, like, I really do think really down strategy. on strategy.
1: He's trying to get in my head. I'm going to ask him. Guess what? It's working. <laughs> okay, final mini question before right. we have to go get kids from school. Yeah. Um, playing devil's advocate, annoying or fun? I'll tell you my answer. I,
0: I can't play devil's advocate with Scott. He
1: will argue anything to the point of everyone just leaving the room.
0: Yeah. It's not fun anymore.
1: No. He I even, also We yeah. can't even watch the Super Bowl together. Yeah. Because he has little fun facts and he always tries to want to like bring no, them out to people who no, maybe don't want he them. He won't watch the Super Bowl with
0: me because we're rooting for different teams. Yeah. And he won't be nice about it. And at, by the time this airs, we'll be past the Super Bowl. And I don't know if we'll be friends anymore. I'm no, just kidding. It's fine. No, I think devil's advocate sometimes can validate why you believe in something. Because if somebody is arguing you against it, sometimes it actually, you think it's going to be like, oh, I'm going to feel, you know, that I have to defend myself. But it also can sometimes bring clarity as to why you believe something okay, or that's in fair. something. So I think that it can be... Smart. Like, I think about the community episode where they talk about, like, are humans inherently good? Yeah. And they do that whole thing and they play it out. And I love that because I'm like,
1: it's both sides technically could be correct. There isn't always a one person. I feel like I'm, for me, it's more the person that's coming from. If Mm -hmm. you are my friend and we're having like a little debate or you're trying to get me to see something from a different way and you say, okay, well, let me be devil's advocate. Da, 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 I am very inclined to listen to you. If you are a stranger mm. to me and it's this, might be a bad thing or a good thing. I don't know. But if you're a stranger to me and I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about and you're like, well, devil's advocate, I don't think yeah, the devil needs an advocate. Yeah, Maybe you could just sh- not. So for me, it's more so who is saying it versus actual playing devil's advocate.
0: I also think it's smart to surround yourself with people who are willing to disagree with you yeah. and understand like there have been times- You don't times want that all I've your friends like,
1: to agree with you no. all the time.
0: There has been times like even like in pop culture, something will come up and I'll be like, I don't really feel this way about it. And they'll be like, actually I do. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting because I really respect your opinion and yeah. you just brought a perspective that I didn't have before, but also I don't know that I a hundred percent agree with you in the end, but I think we can respect each other. And I think that's the only way to basically evolve as a human is allow yourself to be challenged in your own thoughts and thinking
1: that's big too being able to be friends with people and disagree and be like okay we really do not see eye to eye on this yeah we disagree but on a keep lot it times. moving yeah 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 but we do disagree on a lot of we things do, we disagree
0: on a lot but it doesn't it's never like I don't know it's nothing that relates to us
1: yeah and it's also like I would never get mad at you for thinking differently from me true because that would be the silliest thing way to have a friendship yeah do you know what I mean? like I don't need you I think to your think like me
0: hurt other people that's yeah
1: cause of reflection but that's a huge difference
0: but this is what I think is a like it comes for a lot of people are like, oh, we just disagree but then if you're in a relationship with somebody that genuinely is like hurtful to other people yes. or like that would be maybe where I would play devil's advocate and go,
1: is that really a great relationship yeah, like, that's a deal breaker for that's sure deal breakers
0: yeah but no, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Okay. I really thought there's going to be some food-related content
1: in here. No. So far, no one has sent in food-related content. Someone requested that we try really sour things on camera because they just want to see our reaction. We did that once. But I react really poorly to sour things, so that scared me, and I purposely didn't write it down.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for joining for our first ever Ask the Neighbors. As you know, this is like pretty typical of what Becky and I do. We're just making it a little bit more formal, a little bit more of a cadence and giving you guys a little bit more of an open window to do this. What is coming is probably some more streamlined ways of doing this. Right now, we're doing it through DMs and Instagram stories. You can also email podcast at thebirdspapaya.com with any confession stories, anything. You can also let us know. We will assume anonymity unless you say otherwise. And we will not use names or anything. We can have, a, like, however you want to do it, but you can write in, ask questions, have a little debates with us, ask for life advice. Maybe you want to ask, you maybe want to figure out how to ask that guy on a date or how to set up the perfect backyard party i don't even know but we basically you're gonna ask us who are our neighbors your yeah just like where are your friendly little little online neighbors i guess maybe we'll have a jingle one day maybe we'll have a phone line where people can call in and we'll- <gasps> i would love a phone I'd line. i love a phone
1: line just don't make me any part of the jingle please i'm tone deaf
0: no, no, no. But like, I think we could have like a different intro for the You the should sing episodes. the jingle. I don't want to sing it. Do I sing my intro for my podcast
1: right now? No. We're neighbors. <laughs> we're in love. We love each other platonically. And we're neighbors. Give us your thoughts, your opinions. We will talk about them. Okay, goodbye, friends. Love you. We'll see you next
0: week.